Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I like a bed that's really firm. I need something a little softer than that. Rest easy. With the Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed, you can both adjust your comfort with your Sleep Number setting. Can it really help me fall asleep faster? Yes, by gently warming your feet. Okay, but can it help keep us asleep? It senses your movements and automatically adjusts to keep you effortlessly comfortable. Sleep Number, proven quality sleep is life-changing sleep. And now, during the ultimate Sleep Number event, save 50% on the Sleep Number 360 Limited Edition Smart Bed, plus special financing on all Smart Beds, only for a limited time. Special financing subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. See store for details. Welcome to It's Not a Crisis. I am your host, Doran Wallach. I'm an entrepreneur, a mother of two, a wife, and a 40-something, trying to figure out what is happening in this decade. Why is no one talking about it? I created this podcast to help women in their late 30s and 40s to figure out what is going on in our mind, body, soul, and life. We may laugh, we may cry, we may get frustrated, but most importantly, My goal is to make this next chapter of life positive. I'm also full of my own questions, and I'm here to go on this journey with you. So let's do it together. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for listening, and thank you so much for your support on my last episode on hormones, postpartum depression, perimenopause, PMDD. It was not easy for me to do that. It's taken me years to actually do that publicly, but I appreciate having the platform now to do that, and I appreciate having the women to listen and understand and support, so thank you so much. I wanted to do a follow-up on that last podcast because I did mention PMDD, and I did say that we were going to wait to talk to Dr. Cohen about it, but I could probably write a book on my own on my journey and on uh, PMDD, so I thought... I could explain a little bit more about what it is because many women don't know what it is and they just think that they're crazy or something is wrong with them. And I also wanted to mention as I was listening back to the other podcast, I had mentioned that I'm going to keep talking about this until I'm 100%. Well, I don't think I'll ever be 100%, so I don't actually know why I said that. (laughs) So I think realistically, this will be with me for life. It's just going to be a matter of managing it and let's see what happens when I go through menopause and my period is gone. Maybe it'll be a good thing. Maybe it'll be a positive thing thing for me. So so we'll see. I don't like coming across as a negative person, but I sometimes feel hopeless with this disorder and I really feel that more women need to talk about it. I pretty much suffer silently every single month and I, it's it's something that is very difficult for me to explain to anybody who doesn't get it. Really my friends don't understand. They try to and I appreciate that, but My husband doesn't really get it, and he tries, bless his heart, as much as possible. And my family doesn't understand. So, you know, I'm always like, I have hormone issues. I I just, it's hard for me to explain it. So what is PMDD? I am reading this information to you from womenshealth.gov because I don't want to get anything wrong. So um, this is the, the source of this information. PMDD is a condition that's similar to PMS, But it happens in the week before your period or right after ovulation or during ovulation when your hormone levels begin to fall. 
It causes more severe symptoms than PMS, including severe depression, irritability, and tension. I have mentioned this to some of my friends, and they've said, oh, I get that way too before my period. And some of them may have PMDD and not even know. And I believe with perimenopause, this can get even worse. It's interesting, though, because right after I recorded the last podcast, I got a call from my gynecologist who I went to recently for my annual And she said, you know, I tested your hormones and everything is great. You're not perimenopausal. And I said, well, I I don't sleep every night despite medication. I, um, I sleep. I just don't wake up feeling rested. So I can fall asleep and can stay asleep. I can get up and go back to sleep, but I never feel rested. And that's my biggest problem. And she said, you know, I don't really have a solution for you. She said, I usually prescribe Prozac, which you're doing. And if you have to take a sleeping pill, you do. Other than that, it's go on the birth control pill, which I've heard many times. And by the way, if anybody has found things that have helped them, I would love to hear from you. I would love to do a live session and talk about this a little bit more because I I think there are women struggling and there are probably women who have found solutions. PMDD affects up to 5% of women of childbearing age. Many women with PMDD may also have anxiety and depression, underlying anxiety and depression. So the symptoms that are included in PMDD, all the wonderful things that you get to have, is lasting irritability or anger that may affect other people, feelings of sadness, despair, or even thoughts of suicide, feelings of tension or anxiety, panic attacks, mood swings, crying often, lack of interest in daily activities and relationships, trouble thinking or focusing, tiredness or low energy, food cravings, binge eating, trouble sleeping, feeling out of control, physical symptoms such as cramps, bloating, breast tenderness, headaches, and joint and muscle pain. So you're probably thinking, yeah, okay, I've had that my whole life. The difference between regular PMS is it typically is pretty severe with ovulation. And then it starts anywhere from 10, 7 days before your period. At one point before I went on metformin and my cycle was irregular. So that's another problem you need to tackle if you have that. I felt like this all the time, except for two days. And researchers don't know what causes PMDD or PMS. Hormonal changes throughout the cycle may play a role. Brain chemicals called serotonin may also play a role in PMDD. Your serotonin levels change throughout the menstrual cycle, so some women may be very sensitive to these changes, as I am. The number one thing that they try to treat it with is SSRIs, antidepressants. And I have to tell you, admitting that I am now taking antidepressant was one of the hardest things I've ever done. I felt a stigma with it. I felt a weakness with them. I felt that I'm a strong woman. I can deal with this. And I have done everything. (laughs) I've read countless books just on it to try to educate myself. I've seen integrative health doctors. I've seen regular doctors. I've seen specialists. I'm on a message board on Facebook, which is hugely helpful because I now learn about other women that have this and what they've done to help. I've tried CBD. I've tried medicinal marijuana. It's been a long road. It's been really difficult for me. And it's hard to not feel hopeless every month and that nothing is going to work. So the other way that they also will treat this is birth control pills. I do think at some point in my life when I was taking the pill continuously and skipping my periods, I think it helped me. Not 100%, but I think it helped me. And so unfortunately, 
getting on the pill again this time, I don't know if it's my age or what, but the reaction was so negative. It's also a blanket. Hormones just kind of cover up the underlying problem. And maybe you could say the same thing about antidepressants, but not everybody is comfortable getting rid of their period forever. Again, I want to make it clear that I am no expert on this and I am bringing experts on, but I just want to share with you what I've gone through. Other things for physical pain, symptoms, Advil, whatever, aspirin, and then stress management. Yeah, I know. None of us are good at this. (laughs) I am not good at it. I really am trying with exercise. I'm trying to meditate. I love the app 10%. I think it's so great. It's not cheesy. They speak to women and men, but they speak to you in a way that gives you information and talks to you and and kind of helps you try to solve the problem without just listening to somebody talk about relaxing because I find that so annoying. I hate when anyone tells me to relax because I'm so bad at it, but I have to make these changes. I, I have to to start. So I I really try to incorporate that at least once a week if I can. And then eating. So I mentioned in the last podcast that cutting out a lot of things from my diet tremendously changed my PMDD. Maybe I'm weak, but I can't live that lifestyle. I love eating. And I really try to limit all of those things that are not good for women with PMDD. But I allow myself to have them on my good days, and that's important to me. Cutting back on salty and sugary foods, alcohol, and I get it that when you're anxious, you grab the alcohol because sometimes it makes you feel better, but it ultimately doesn't. So I try to stay away from alcohol except for maybe once or twice a week. Gluten, I think you can get a similar response if you cut wheat. I think a lot of PMDD is also controlling your blood sugar levels. So eating breads that are more healthier grains, like Ezekiel bread, or I have another brand that I like much better than Ezekiel, and I I will post this in the show notes. Limiting dairy. I really have yogurt in the morning. It's Greek yogurt, and it's full fat. Nunos. Love it. Do that every day. And then other than that, I don't load on any more dairy into my day. A sugar... I will admit that I have my problem with sugar, but I also try to limit it. So after dinner, I try to eat fruit or berries. There are moments where I'm like, I need sugar now, and I need it now. (laughs) So I eat it, you know, and I don't always feel great after, but I eat it. Who do you talk to about this? Um, There are so many OBGYNs who don't know a lot about this. They are just uneducated. And it's sad to me because this is just something that needs to be out in the open. It needs to be talked about. When it's not being talked about and when I'm even hearing my own OBGYN kind of confused about it, I just think we need more research. We need more information. And I hope that this happens more and more. There are more groups and websites that are supporting PMDD now, which is wonderful. Again, I will list those. But if I could reach somebody or if I could help bring this more public and women to be able to talk about it and not feel ashamed about it, I would feel like I accomplished the biggest thing in the world because it's taken me this many years to just come out and talk about it myself. So I would imagine there are other women who are feeling the exact same way. That's a little bit about it. As I mentioned in the other show, I started an antidepressant slowly, and I do think it's helped me a little bit. It's Not 100%, like I said before, but it has helped me. I do 
still have those irritable ovulation days and this underlying anxiety, which I think is just me. I think I just have generalized anxiety. I find that benzos are too strong to treat that. Yoga, I know. You're going to tell me to do yoga. Oh, I just don't like it. I just don't like it. I've tried a million classes. I just don't like it. (laughs) I am the type of person that when my mind is busy, I feel like that's a meditation and, and that's probably not a good thing. I don't know if you are like this, but if you are, I'd love to hear how you've balance that. And last, I think I'd just say, please reach out. Again, I don't want to claim to be an expert, and I'm not here to help anybody in any other way than sharing my story. But reach out and tell me what your journey has been. Reach out and tell me if you've found something that's helped you. And with that, I would love to do a follow-up and even interview one of you on your journey and talk a little bit about that. I think it would be great for women to hear from other women that have gone through this. And again, I'm going to also cover perimenopause in the same way, even though apparently I'm not going through it right now. So I don't know what's going on. But uh, there are women who are. And Dr. Cohen, who's coming on the show, will speak a little bit more about perimenopause. So that's it for now. I also wanted to mention before I finish up that I started a Patreon page. And there are three tiers on there, $5, $10, $20. The way I have it set up right now is you will only get charged when I do a creation. Please check it out on my profile. There's going to be a lot of extra content and early access. And at the top tier level, I'll be doing some separate solo podcasts. You'll have early access. We're going to do a live chat once a month where we can do that with video and chat like girlfriends having wine together. So that'll be fun as well as 10 of my favorite things. So many years ago, I had a blog called Dorn's Dish, which got 300,000 hits a day. It was back in 2006, kind of before blogs were blogs and podcasts were podcasts. And influencing was influencing. And I would just post things that I loved. And and people started to trust me and listen to me. And they loved it. And I loved doing it. It was really fun. So I think I still have that in me. Uh, So uh, for a while there, my life was not as exciting. And then it got a little bit more exciting as my kids grew older. And now it's not as exciting anymore. But I have I have products, I have websites, I have lots of different tricks and things that I'd love to share with you. So please check out the Patreon page. The link is in my bio. Thank you so much again for listening to me. It baffles me every day when I get emails that people are telling me that they're listening to the podcast. I feel so grateful uh, for having this voice and being able to reach you. So there's something I've been meaning to talk about very quickly before I go. I named this podcast way before the pandemic. And just so you understand, it's not a crisis relates to midlife crisis. I don't like the saying midlife crisis. I think it's a transition. And that's where the positivity is trying to come from. Somebody had said to me, you know, it's a crisis right now. Like the world is a crisis. Women's issues are a crisis. Everything is in crisis. And I said, I am fully aware of that. But that is not what this podcast is about. There are plenty of places to listen to that. And unfortunately, we're hearing it so much that we want to escape from that. So just to clarify, in case anybody was questioning, that is what the title of the show is. Thank you so much for listening. Remember to give yourself permission and know that you are not alone. 
Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. Reviews are always appreciated. And you can reach me by email at it's not a crisis at Gmail, Instagram, it's not a crisis podcast. And please join our Facebook group as well. Until next time, just remember, it's not a crisis. <laughs>